To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers well 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 Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Warmers, man. We here, episode 89, ready to kick it off. You know, the voice you're hearing is probably a little different than what you're hearing, used to hearing before and kicking this thing off. But, you know, my boy Rob is on a little sick leave right now. We'll look forward to getting him back. But we got a trade deadline special. We ready to kick off right now. It's me, myself, and Ramon. As always, we're rocking with the Opinionated Bench Warmers. For the, the constant listeners, we ready to kick this thing off and have some fun, man. The trade deadline, man. Like, hook to our phones all day today. What's your, what's your thoughts on yeah. this, Ramon? Yeah, man. Uh, like you said, man, this is an exciting day. Of course, anytime that trade deadline comes, you know how we talk. You pretty much refreshing your Twitter timeline all day. You know, you, you're trying to stay focused, trying to do the work that you got to do. But at the same time, it's almost like you got two jobs because you're doing your work, but you also refreshing that timeline. So it's always an exciting day. And especially with the NBA as well, because you know how the NBA goes, man. You you normally going to at least get one big time thing going or one thing that kind of maybe comes out of the blue and kind of shocks you a little bit. So honestly, it was a good day, man. A good day to kind of pay attention to it all. It, you know, kind of moved a little fast at certain moments, but didn't get kind of crazy or anything like that. So I thought it was solid, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was, you know, it's these times of years that I think the sports fans love, you know, we get a chance to really dig into, you know, the sports world and get to see how these teams are thinking. Are they going towards the tanking side or are they trying to build for a championship? So, again, I mean, looking at the landscape, we had a lot of action that definitely went down today. Um, you know, I want to talk about a little bit what, who you think the the biggest winners were today and who, you know, then later on we'll get into the biggest losers of the trade deadline. You know, there was a lot of action that we thought was going to happen. There was yeah. a lot of action that, you know, that did happen. You know, there was some trade winners and losers. There was some, some trades that kind of head scratching. So I yeah. think we're going to cover it all, um, you know, a knockout rock with us about 20, 30 minutes. But um, first I want to ask you who you think is the biggest winner today? Uh, biggest winner. Uh, this is a, a tough one for me because I have kind of like a top two that sit there. But if I have to just definitely go with one, I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to say the Miami Heat. I'm ultimately have to say the Miami Heat. I think okay. getting a guy like Victor Oladipo, um, and what we know that he can do as a two way player, uh, to really go and elevate that team to play guys in the likes of Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. And uh, what they're doing over there, because, you know, 
you just in, in talking a lot, talking on the podcast, talking outside of the podcast, the East has gotten kind of tough, especially up at the top of the Eastern Conference. And you look and you see what the Nets have done. You look and you see where Philly kind of sits and the, the roster that they've rounded out. And so you're defending Eastern Conference champs. I feel like they had to make a move, something to really throw them in the thick of things once again. Um, and so I think going out there and getting Victor Oladipo, he's a guy that's still relatively young, still in his prime. We know some injury concerns that that are kind of there with him. But I think ultimately when you're able to go and get a guy and basically essentially give up Avery Bradley just to get the details of the deal, uh, Victor Oladipo heading to the Miami Heat um, in exchange for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and also a draft swap um, out there. So I think when you look at it, that puts them right back in contention in that Eastern Conference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was going to break down those details. But if you look at those details and we talk about those details, that is a complete steal. You know, it was like, how much did they really give up, you know, yeah. to get a player of Victor Oladipo's caliber, you know, and what he can do, as you mentioned, a two-way player, who a lot, who a lot of people are comparing to D Wade when he came in. A lot of people compare, you know, these two guards as to D Wade when they come in. But yeah. he can be that punch that you need. And to think about this trade when they did it, they didn't have to give up a Tyler Hero. They yeah. didn't have to give up a Duncan Robinson in the deal. So that part to my to myself is huge. And on the other side of it, you gotta look at it. You know, I know we're talking about biggest winners, but let's just jump right into it. The biggest losers, the Rockets. How much did they really get from losing James Harden? You know, it's like you get a pick swap. Avery Bradley, who's been in and out of the link, the 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 the, the, the lineup. starting lineup and playing, yeah. yeah, all year. So then you got Kelly Olenek, who's he's a player. He's not anything special. So you look at those deals and you look at what they did after they got rid of James Harden. It's not that impressive. So on me, I'm already jump ahead a little bit and say that's oh. one of the biggest losers. Absolutely, you know, yeah. easily. And so I definitely like. Uh, the deal for Victor to um, the Miami Heat. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you, like like you were saying about a big loser. When you really look at it, honestly, it's also possible that Avery Bradley will get bought out. So you really might have essentially traded James Harden for Kelly Olenek when you get down to it. It's just crazy to think about that. And honestly, as I was talking off air uh, to someone, I really feel like just from the beginning, even to just going back with that trade with Houston and how they handled the Harden situation, they should have had a one-to-one deal with Brooklyn. They could have gotten Karis LeVert, could have gotten Jared Allen, and even another piece or two to round it out better than having all this multiple team deal. You get Victor Oladipo, and then you flip Victor Oladipo for really pretty much nothing. So in all of the star trades that have happened in the recent years, Houston did the absolute worst job. So, yeah, I agree with you. Definitely the biggest loser. I mean, again, you know, I don't want to harp on this, but you got a guy that's coming in over his last three years, averaged 20 points a game. You know, that is huge on that team. You know, I think that team was already a defensive mind team in the heat, and there was a reason why they got to the finals. Now they have an extra scoring punch. You know, I think their team got a little stagnant between – trying to get a lot of shot for Duncan Robinson. If he's off, then, you know, that team is not the same team, you know, and I think you got to take your hat off to Pat Riley. Like yep. he, I don't have to get a deal like that so late in the game for a player 
it's just robbery. You know, I just can't believe it. But again, I'll move on to my biggest, who I think was one of the biggest winners is kind of on the radar. It's the Denver Nuggets. I really like what the Denver Nuggets did. And I think I talked about it a little bit on Twitter at CB underscore Los. Um, I talked about how they've added some defense. You know, this team we know can score with the best of them, right? And when they added Aaron Gordon, right, you got a 6'9 athletic guard who can guard on the wing, mm-hmm. who can guard the LeBron. So not saying that he can be successful, but he can give LeBron some fits down in some, in some places in games. And then you add, you know, JaVale McKee, who's been with that team before, but now who is m- more mature, who's won some championships since he left that team, who's some length at the rim. And we've seen as Lakers fans, both of us, that JaVale McGee is not afraid to contest shots at the rim. He's not afraid to get dunked on. So, you know, adding that link, you were really, when you look at a team like the Nuggets, their weakness was probably length. You know, they don't have that athletic center. You know, they have Jokic, but he's not athletic center. You know, he's a do-it-all. He's a great player, all-star player. No, don't get me wrong, but he's not going to be, you know, contesting shots and, getting, you know, three, four blocks a game, which JaVel McGee can give you. And then you got Aaron Gordon, who can be that punch. You know, again, they did not give up any of their core players when they made that deal. And so when I look at those type of deals, you gave up a Gary Harris. Gary Harris has been what in the league? You know, he's been, you know, he's been a bust so far. Yeah, and injuries have kept him out of the lineup. You can't consistently have him. There's no availability, and you know that's the best ability. So, yeah. No, definitely. So, yeah, so, I mean, I just, I mean, I look at that type of deal, you know, and I'll break down the deal here. You know, the Magic sent Gordon to the Denver Nuggets along with Gary Clark um, for Gary Harris, RJ, ha- RJ Hampton, who's a good young player. You know, I'll mm-hmm. give him that. He's a good young up and coming player. He can blossom. And a 2025 20, first round pick. That's four years from now. Like, who knows what, yeah. what we're looking at, you know, from now. Like, again, First round picks can be overrated. You know, we all can look at that, you know. So, again, a 2025 first round pick for Aaron Gordon to really give up Gary Harris and RJ Hampton, I say that's one of the steals, steals, you know, and get McGee also as well. It's like, I love what the Nuggets did. They've really, really improved their team to compete with a team like the Lakers if they're fully healthy. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And one thing that I would mention to go along with that as well is when you think about the Nuggets and you think about kind of what they lost in this last offseason and losing Jeremy Grant and then also losing Mason Plumley, you pretty much replace those pieces now with going and getting Aaron Gordon and going and getting JaVale McGee. Those two guys basically plug and slot pretty much into those positions that you lost that may have kind of weakened you a little bit in the offseason. And like you said, they didn't give up much for it at all. And I think that, you know, honestly, it's going to propel them into serious contention in the Western Conference. So I agree 100% uh, with you on that about, you know, what Denver did. That definitely great moves for them. Yeah, I mean, again, it's going to be exciting. The West continues to get strong, you know, and continue to make strong moves to compete. You know, they know the moves they need to do to compete. And I think they're a team that's gotten stronger, you know. And, I mean, let's let's talk about a little bit. Let's, let's switch gears. I mean, not really switch gears here, but let's talk about who you think was kind of like a surprise move, you know. Who do you think um, maybe an under-the-radar type move um, that, you know, maybe not be talked about a lot, you know, probably at the barbershop, but a move that you think will be strong 
um, come playoff time. Oh, the, uh, the move to me that was definitely, I would say that fits into that surprise category that for us has name value, but maybe not for the, the average fan having name value is Nikola Vucevic going over to Chicago. Uh, I thought that that was an excellent deal for the Bulls. You know, you see the young core that the Bulls has over have over there, and you know that they have your guy, the young budding star in Zach Levine, um, who who has been lighting it up. Um, just 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 quick little shout out, pat yourself on the back. This has been Los's guy since he was at UCLA. So uh, just just throwing that out there for the listeners, but. Um, you see that deal that was made uh, and just kind of giving the details just in case the, the listeners haven't gotten into the nitty gritty of it. But Nikola Vucevic um, and Al Farouk Amino going to Chicago um, in exchange for Otto Porter, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. And also two first round picks um, from that. And so basically you go and you get an all star caliber center and you pair that with you know, Zach Levine over there and the young guys that they have rolling. I think that that's uh, a move that will propel them, of course, obviously into the playoff picture. Still probably turn out, honestly, probably a first round exit or so, but it's going to make them, it gives them two definitely very solid foundational pieces. So I think that that's one that kind of surprised me a little bit, but that's one that's going to pay big dividends. Right. I mean, you look at the Bulls team. The Bulls team has always been a team that's like, hey, let's get these young stars and big potential players, you know, over the last few years that haven't really panned out. The Bulls just haven't been the Bulls since Jordan days. Let's just keep it real, you know. Right. They've had some good years with under Derrick Rose and, um, you know, the Jim, Jimmy Joe, Butler time. Yeah. They had some good years in there, you know, but again, they really haven't really been you know, that championship caliber team, you know, I would say they put together a team that's going to be exciting. You know, I think it's give the Bulls, Bulls fans something to be excited about, you know, as you mentioned, those foundational pieces that they, they have in place over there. And Kobe White, he's also one of those players that, you know, we seen what he did in college and he is a player that can't be slept on, that he can put up numbers too. And he's a young guard here still in the league that I feel like can add to that core uh, with Zach Levine. And um, Vucic, Vucic, say his name for me. Vucevic. <laughs> Vucevic. <laughs> they had a whole special, a whole little tweet where uh, they showed Kendrick Perkins. He couldn't get the name. <laughs> he called him about 10 different things. <laughs> man, hey, I feel you on that, Big Perk, man. <laughs> right. Hey, carry on. Carry on. Carry on, right. <laughs> hey, but no, I, I – I, um, I like what they did with that. But one under the radar move that probably won't get talked about a lot, I would say is the Rondo move, man. We know as Lakers fans what Rondo brings. Maybe it's not in the stat sheet, right? Maybe he's not picking up the biggest points, the biggest rebounds, the biggest assists, but just those small things during the game, right? Getting his players in place in the game, coaching these younger players or getting them in the mindset, that winning culture mindset on the floor. Rondo is literally – a coach on the floor. Rondo would I would not be surprised if Rondo take the Jason Kidd route from playing one year to coaching the next year. You know, he's just he just has one of those high IQ players that you want in a playoff game because playoff games, as we've seen before, come down to one or two possessions. He can win you those one or two possessions, you know, and get you that key win that you need. You know, as we've seen last year with the, the Clippers falling apart, right? They lost that series and they were up three to one. 
right? Yeah. And they, they, you know, all it takes is one more game, right? All it takes is a Rondo to come in to calm the team, to, 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 to set the tempo of that team and to put them in the, the mindset. And not to mention, playoff Rondo. We all know about playoff Rondo. He may not show up during the regular season right. and they suck and everybody's saying, why are they trading for him? Why are they doing this? But Rondo hits, it, it is a thing. Rondo hits a different gear when it comes playoff time. I'm upset because it's the Clippers because I do yeah. not want to see the Clippers do well as a Lakers fan. I know both of us feel the same right. way, but you know, I think he's going to give that team a different edge. You know, I know they gave up Lou will in the move, you know, along with some second round picks, but it was definitely worth the trade. You know, they have enough scoring on that team. Lou wills a scoring guard. They have enough scoring on that team. That's not the thing. They need somebody that's going to set the tempo of that second team or even at playing some playoff who's their closing lineup you know I can see Rondo being in that closing lineup for that team that's a huge deal may not be talked about again in the barbershop or in your as with the casual fan but that's a complete huge deal and um, I, I'm just happy that I'm happy that he's in a better situation not happy for the Clippers I'll say that yeah definitely not happy for them at all and you know this is something that we talked about off air even like before the season started and uh, even into free agency and all of that, we didn't want to see the Clippers end up winding up and getting a uh, Rondo at all, because honestly, that is the missing piece for that team. That is the missing link. Uh, just as you talked about Lou Will, honestly, Lou Will has even kind of struggled in this season. He hasn't been that same Lou Will. And so you plug in Rondo, like you said, he's exactly what they need. They first of all, they needed a floor general there, somebody that's going to be able to run that offense Patrick Beverly isn't that type of guy. They have not had that guy. But also, too, that team last year, they lacked leadership. And even this year have lacked leadership. And that's what Rondo is going to bring to them as well. He's going to bring a floor general playmaking, but he's also going to be bring leadership to that team. Because honestly, just saying it, Paul George is not a leader. Kawhi Leonard is not a leader. Neither one of those guys are leaders. They're talented ball players, but they are not leaders. Um, and so Rondo brings them exactly what they need. So they are going to be dangerous when it comes to playoff time. So, yeah, that, that's definitely a big move right there as well. Yeah. I mean, you got to look at it, man. Like the, the West is just so jam packed, man. It's like these teams sense that the Lakers, they sense blood with the Lakers, right? The Lakers are a banged up team. They missing their two top five players in the NBA right now. So we are our most vulnerable place right now. These teams before – you know, there was reports saying that the league, it wasn't going to be a busy trade deadline. You know, what changed in between now and yeah. the beginning of this, this year to now? The Lakers yeah. have gotten banged up. They are a team that's going to be limping into the playoffs who may not have that chemistry that they need to have amongst these new players and these players coming back from injuries and have to do conditioning and different things like that. You know, and then we, you, you just have all these different things going on. These teams since blood in the water that they may have a shot to get past the Lakers, you know, they're banged up. All it takes is one slip, one fall, you know, tweak of the injury again or whatever have you. And then, you know, these teams are in prime position to go to the finals. So I think that's what changed. And I think that's what made these teams more aggressive um, at the trade line. I think that's why we had so much action going on. Yeah, no, no, I definitely agree with that as well. And I really think that it's really the two heavyweights, like even as we think of like the conferences going forward, that really caused this movement. I believe, like you said, the vulnerability of the Lakers. And I believe also the way that Brooklyn built out that team with going and getting James Harden 
and what that can propel them to uh, being, especially once all of those guys get healthy over there. I feel that it just made it, hey, you got to make moves. You have, as a team like Miami, you can't stand pat when Brooklyn is built that. As a team like Denver or the Clippers, when you see that window there of the Lakers potentially being vulnerable, you have to capitalize on that. Take that shot to get to the finals. So I definitely agree with you. I think it's really those two heavyweights in the league kind of caused things to, you know, get the wheels turning, get the wheels spinning, and definitely made it um, – a, a pretty interesting uh, trade deadline. Pretty interesting deadline. Absolutely, absolutely. So now that we over the trades, right? We got through the trades. You know, this is a time where teams decide to, hey, okay, we couldn't trade you. Let's move on. Wait, wait, wait. Let me back up a little bit. Let's talk about how disappointed it was that Kyle Lowry yep. wasn't moved. You know, he yep. was probably one of the biggest names, if not the biggest names, of the trade deadline. Yeah. Um. And he ended up still staying. I think we saw the video. I think, you know, if you're anywhere on social media, the video of him chunking deuces as he was leaving that game. Yeah. You know, pretty much thinking that he was the last game. He got a call from Drake during his press conference. We all believe that, hey, he may be moving on. You know, there were reports that there were three teams in there. You know, the three teams being the Heat, being the Philadelphia 76ers, and obviously the Los Angeles Lakers as kind of a shocker. You know, no yep. one really expected, you know, these last couple of days has been rumored that he we were looking at him. But, you know, with our current point guard situation, with Schroeder being a younger guard, you know, also, you know, a, a good player, no one really expected that Schroeder, I mean, you know, the Lakers would be looking at a Kyle Lowry, but obviously they were in the conversation at one point as well. So what are your thoughts on Kyle Lowry and him not moving at the trade deadline? Yeah, uh, I, I think the main thing with that is that um, Toronto found themselves in a situation where the teams that they were really dealing with were not at a point of desperation. So, you know, you can capitalize on teams, you can get more capital, you can get bigger uh, packages as far as like trade packages team is kind of more so in a, a point of desperation you know as you mentioned the Lakers and you think about Schroeder's situation of course we do know that Schroeder can be a free agent at the end of this year they haven't had the extension take place but the Lakers weren't in a position where it's like okay well Schroeder has to be dealt and we're gonna have to you know tack on KCP and also risk you know giving up Taylor Horton Tucker who's a very young promising piece um, so the Lakers weren't in a position where you had to stack the deck you look at also Miami. Miami knew that, okay, we're also having discussions with Houston as well. So we don't have to stack the deck for you because we can also go and get Victor Oladipo like we just did. So Miami is in a situation where they aren't desperate. Philly was already in a situation where they weren't completely desperate at all. But then they went, of course, and made the George Hill deal to say, hey, either take it or leave it with whatever we're going to give you. And so right. I right. think that they found themselves in a position where none of the primary suitors that are looking for a veteran point guard that's really going to, in a sense, take them over the top. Because in, in any sense, he's not going to go to just a typical average team and try to build them up, or he's not going to go to a lottery-type team. It's going to be a contender that feels that he can get them over the top. But none of those contenders were at a point of desperation to be able to be forced to give Toronto the – what they were looking for in return. And so I think that from every end, I think that for the Raptors, you don't just make a move and give them up for anything. So I think that that makes sense. But those other teams, they were very right in saying, hey, 
no, we're not about to give up the form right now. Don't get me wrong, Kyle Lowry is a is a very talented player, is a nice piece, but we're also not talking about a superstar right there where it's like, right. hey, we're gonna give up all this capital. So I think it was kind of crazy to see, you know, that that he was one of the names mentioned that he didn't, you know, exit. You think about him and even think about Lonzo as well. But um, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think that any of those teams were basically at a point where they had to be desperate and just make a move out of desperation. Absolutely. I think that's well said, man. Um, I think they had too much respect too for Kyle Lowry. They probably could have traded him to another team and got something for him. But I think because of what Kyle Lowry meant to Toronto and what him bringing the championship and even Nick Nurse coming out and saying that, hey, he is Mr. Toronto Raptor, you know, just what he means to the Raptors. I think out of respect, they were going to send him to a contender for give him a chance to win. And when those three teams really, you know, didn't give them a deal that they wanted, you know, and I, I mean, we can all sit here and we can say, and, I, and I'm in agreement that, you know, maybe their asking price was too high for Kyle Lowry being a 35-year-old guard who's going into free agency. You know, you have this dilemma of, hey, do I pay up this much for a player that's going to be a free agent, you know, this offseason? You know, and I know there's some talk that he wanted an extension, too, on mm. top of the deal. So you're going to pay for a 35-year-old point guard that's about to hit free agency, and then you're going to go into negotiating a, you know, I, I think it's reported two years. He wanted an additional, he wanted a longer commitment, additional two years on top of that. You know, it's yeah. just, it's unrealistic for teams to re- ask a team that much right now when, you know, they don't know exactly how this player is going to mess with their team and different things like that. And then you give up young access like a Taylor Horton Th- Tucker, who's been blossomed, you know, as we saw, who can be special, who's only 20 years old in this league. You know, I, I agree with Plinka for not giving up on him, not giving him up, even though THT is going to be a free agent this offseason, a restricted one, that is. Yeah. But he's going to be a free agent this offseason. You know, don't mean you just give up your pieces when you can use this piece in the playoffs. You know, when you still have a Schroeder, you're already going to have him for at least half the next season. He's already been with the team. You know, there's no win here for the Lakers to force a deal, give up your young exits. There's no win here for the Lakers to give up three players for, again, an aging player. Now, if you're talking about a 28 Kyle, 28 year old Kyle Lowry, then that's different. But yep. you're not talking about that. And only you see players like LeBron playing past his 35 age at a, still at a high level. Not saying Kyle Lowry is not playing at a high level. I'm just saying that he's not worth what they were asking for. And as you've right. seen, that's why he didn't get moved during the trade deadline. Right, right. Quick, uh, quick question, just follow up, because you mentioned the Kyle Lowry not being moved. Did you expect Lonzo to be moved um, at the deadline, or did you think the Pelicans were going to stand pat? I mean, I, I think all signs pointed to Lonzo moving, just because they were sitting him games. You know, he popped up with this mysterious hip injury. I don't know if that's real or not. I mean, they were sitting him the last few games. You know, that's usually a sign of, hey, we're trying to keep this player from getting hurt, and we're about to move him. Um, and I think Lonzo has expressed that, hey, he wants a contract extension this offseason. He wants to get paid X amount of dollars. And so I thought that was also one of those surprising moves. And I thought they could have got a good bit for Lonzo, too. You know, everybody, there was interest out there yeah. for Lonzo. I'm surprised no leaked deals haven't really came out. But Lonzo is one of those players that's still relatively young, 23, 24 years old, who is a past first point guard who can help a team, who can defend with the best of them, you know, he is a player that you can get something for, but instead the Pelicans, I feel like they're going to lose him for nothing, which doesn't make sense to me because again, they have their, 
foundational pieces right now in a um, Brandon Ingram and obviously uh, Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson, yes. Yep. Um, so they have their financial piece, fine, uh, foundational pieces. And even now, you know, as you see, if you watch the games and they just played the Lakers, Zion is bringing the ball up now. You know, there's no more point really for you making Lonzo be a spot-up point guard, you know, and that's not what he does. You know, it's like he can do that now. His shot has gotten better, but he is a distributor. He is seeing pass. He's a passer. He's a pass first, and you're putting him, spotting him over to the side. You're not utilizing him right. You might as well have moved him. So that was also right up there with that Kyle Lowry. Why not try to get at least something yep. for him? They're going into free agency. So yeah, either here nor there, man. Um, you know, let's roll into, you know, now that we got through this trade deadline, you know, obviously these pieces didn't move through. You know, then you have these older veterans. This is the time of the season where these playoff teams that's making that playoff push start adding these key pieces that – to their team to pretty much put them over the hump. You know, last year the Lakers added Markeith Morris. He was a good buyout player that ended up playing solid minutes for the Lakers and um, being a key piece to them and being a key defender for them in the playoffs. You know, you look at the buyout market this year, right? You got names that's floating out there like Andre Drummond. He's an obvious one, right? Everyone wants Andre Drummond, right. you know, right now he's didn't put a Cleveland Cavaliers and hasn't played for weeks. So it, that, that buyout is coming. LaMarcus Aldridge, his buyout was actually already happened. You know, yeah. he's a free agent, you know, him and the Spurs have split and they have came to a mutual agreement is what they said. He is looking at teams now too. And you got players like Hassan Wake Whiteside, right? You got players like Otto Porter who was traded today who may end up getting bought out. You know, you have all these, these, these are, players that can play key roles, you know, um, on teams. Obviously, again, with Andre Drummond being the biggest name to get bought out eventually, you know, and um, Chris Haynes broke the news that, you know, they are going to buy him out. I think we all expected that. Yeah. Um, who do you think is the – first, what do you think about the buyout market? Um, and uh, where do you think we're going to go? Yeah. Uh, so, honestly, looking at the buyout market, I think that um, it's it's a pretty decent market. I mean, you get a guy in Andre Drummond, you know, that's out there, former All-Star, still relatively young, I think about 27 or 28 at this point. Uh, so he's still a very a relatively young, you know, buyout candidate. You look at LaMarcus Aldridge that, as you mentioned, he can still, to me, contribute to um, a championship level type of team. He still is a veteran that's still savvy, still can play the game at a relatively high level. He's not in what he used to be, but still has that, you know, uh, some of that ability. As you mentioned, Otto Porter, Hassan Whiteside, some of those top names. I even honestly think that Avery Bradley may end up being a buyout candidate as well. I, I don't mm -hmm. think that He'll, his final spot will be in Houston. And so I think that honestly, this is an intriguing market. And I think that honestly, as well, you're going to, you know, obviously see those top teams as the Lakers, you know, the potential Nets, the, um, the Miami Heat. Those are going to be the teams that you really hear, obviously, these names being tied to that. That's going to as you see any list, you're going to see, oh, Andre Drummond is, you know, interested in the Lakers and the Nets are trying to get them. Same thing with LaMarcus Aldridge or the Miami Heat. So I think that it's a, it's a very good market. Um, I think that, you know, if, if we talk even just quickly from a Homer perspective, 
I know that the two of us, and including Rob as well, I know that we're looking to go ahead and land Andre Drummond. Um, and I believe yeah. that that would be a, a very solid pickup for us. So that's kind of like the homer pick of saying, okay, where I want this person to land. But the overall landscape, I think that there are very solid options out there. And it's going to only bolster the case of the contenders that are that are out there at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's some very solid options out there. Like you, like you mentioned, like Andre Drummond is a game changer for teams. You know, you look at, you know, he's right now heavily rumored, right, for the Los Angeles Lakers to go and play for them and be the center. He's heavily rumored right now. You know, we don't know until it happens. Anybody right. can swoop in and, you know, be some under the radar and he end up going to the Nets or something like that. I don't see the Nets situation happening. No. But Andre Drummond, the reason I say that is because right now they got a guy named Claxton who's coming off the bench, who's been playing amazing, who's been running the floor. And then also you got DeAndre Jordan there. There's no clear path to the starting center position there. Yeah. And I think his issue with Cleveland was, hey, they traded for Jared Allen. Um, he come from, you know, the 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 Brooklyn Nets, and right. he coming pretty much starting, and now you asking him to come off right. the bench, and that was what the beef was with right. that situation and so now you have a situation where he can come to the lakers where you have marcus who's holding the starting position i think he's oh it's just starting again there's no knock on my boy mark but he's yeah. four points four rebounds right now you know he is his impact of what we thought he was going to be as far as a floor stretcher um and a passer hasn't really been there he hasn't been the defender and the player that we expected him to be on a LeBron and AD team when we were fully healthy. Um, so that spot, I feel like he is almost guaranteed that starting spot over him. And, you know, and that gives the Lakers that lint. The Lakers are a team right now that's missing lint and teams are getting to the rim at will. Last year, Lakers, right, you have a Dwight Howard protect the rim, a JaVale McGee protect the rim. This year is a little bit different. We went small at center. We went older at center with Marcus Gasol. We went smaller with the backup, obviously, and, you know, Harold, Montrez Harold, you know, and he's an energy player, but he is not the rim protector that you would need. Um, so, you know, I think Andre Drummond, once he gets bought out, it, it's going to be fun to see him on the Lakers, you know, right now, especially with AD being out, he gets a chance to really flourish, you know, and mm -hmm. be the man and run the team with a Schroeder and, you know, get that big man feeling of being in LA, you know, everyone, we have a rich history of, big man in LA. So he gets that, that feel. Um, but honestly, I, I don't know if we'd be able to hold on to him long-term. He may just be a one year, you know, bet minimum. And then he signs for bigger elsewhere later. I'm fine with that. As long as we get a ring at the end of the day, you know, right. again, we're talking Lakers here, but right. I, I, you know, I, I love, we love our Lakers and Andre Drummond is the biggest fish on the market, but then you also got names like Hanson Whiteside. What do you think would be a good match for him? Uh, Whiteside, I think that I hate to say it, he's a he's a backup plan for the Lakers. Uh, but if he doesn't land in L.A., um, trying to think, I, I know that, you know, the Knicks have also been rumored to be looking for another big. And I know that Andre Drummond is also high on their list. So I feel that Hassan Whiteside is really going to be kind of that backup option for a team that doesn't get. Andre Drummond so I think you could see him wind up potentially you know on the Knicks um I'm trying to really think of a contender that he totally meshes with uh I don't totally see Philly has that locked up I don't really see Milwaukee being a place where he really 
could thrive. I Clippers, I don't maybe a backup center type role, but they got Serge and, and um and Zubox. So really probably he'll be more on kind of a, a lower level or kind of average playoff team. I don't see really a, a top tier contender going to get him, but I think that he will be a domino that drops after Andre Drummond and after LaMarcus Aldridge drop. I think that both of them will go off the market prior to him. Yeah, I mean, those are, again, fun fun conversations to have because right now we know that this is going to happen pretty quickly. Um, April 9th is the deadline for teams to really sign a buyout player, the playoffs teams to sign yeah. a buyout player. So this has to happen really quickly. Um, you know, again, these these franchises got to be fair with these buyouts and give these players an opportunity to go and win um, if they're not in a winning situation. So, again, now that we talked a little bit about the buyout market, um, let's um, talk about the, the, the top contenders, man. Like, who do you think now that the, we really get these rosters shaping? You know, we still obviously have the buyout market to go. Who do you think the top three contenders in each conference go? Now, uh, we talked about it yeah. the year. Yeah, but I guess. But now, yeah. you know, we're starting to see the picture kind of clear. Who do you think the top three teams? Yeah, so I think um, if I started off, you know, from a home perspective in the Western Conference, I think that obviously if the Lakers get healthy and also with the very the, the likelihood that Andre Drummond will be coming, I still have to say that a fully healthy Lakers team, that they're still the best team out there in the West. Uh, based upon the Clippers getting what they need in, in Rajon Rondo, I put them right there at that number two spot. And um, the third best team, it really is kind of a, a, a redo of, of really last year. I, I put Denver there based upon the moves that they made in this trade deadline. So if I talk about the top three contenders in the West, I have Lakers, I have Clippers, I have Nuggets. Um, if I just go to the East really quickly, I have the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I feel that they are going to be the team that gets out of the East, that they'll make it to uh, the NBA Finals. Still Philly, they've been playing well without Joel Embiid, and we know that he was a leading MVP candidate when he was in there. Um, I like what Daryl Morey has done with that team, and um, Doc Rivers has actually been doing a good job over there. And then I think Miami Heat, I have to give them that third spot right now. I like the Oladipo move. We saw at times, even in the finals, kind of that that load that Jimmy had to shoulder. You think of the, the patent pick where he was bent over and they compared him to the Popeye's woman when they talked about those pitches and, and just kind of the load that he had to shoulder in um in the playoffs and in the finals. And now you have another bona fide scorer in Victor Oladipo who can also guard the wings as well. And I think that ultimately LaMarcus Aldridge will find his way over there as well. So I put those as, as really my top three over there out in the East. Yeah, I think those are solid, man. Like, I mean, I don't think that was, that was wrong at all. I think, first, let me just say this. People laughed at me at the beginning of the year when I left the Celtics out of the playoffs. <laughs> I just want to say that. I just want to throw that out there. They fighting for a playoff spot right now. So, you know, it was an accident, but you know, I might have saw some, like, mistakes or something. I may have saw something in the future. But anyway, so for the West, you know, I think I got to give, um, obviously, the champs their respect. Right. You know, let's go with Lakers. You know, again, they're a banged up team. Um, we, uh, we Let's do it. This is not in any type of order right here. This is just top three teams. Right. You know, I'll just start again with the Lakers. And then I got to give respect to the Jazz of what they've done so far and how that team has meshed. Um, I know they just beat the brakes off the Brooklyn <laughs> Nets, but again, they weren't. They have none of their starters really playing. Um, so I'll give them as a number two team. 
And as you mentioned, I would have the Nuggets. You know, they're right now uh, three games, two games really behind the Clippers. And I think that's going to be a team that end up rising um, to um, get that third spot in, into the playoffs. So I like those top three, you know, the Lakers, the Jazz, and the Nuggets. Um, I got the Clippers right outside of that. And then I got to go to the east side. I like, obviously, the Sixers, um, the Bucks, and I got to go with the Nets. Those are the obvious ones, you know, as a top three teams. You know, again, what they've done so far, what, you know, the Nets have done as far as adding things. And the Bucks have been a consistent, great team during the during this regular season, always. You know, it's always playoff time where things change. You know, we'll see if things really change now that they have Drew Holiday on that team, if they can get a little bit more um, scoring from that point guard position. Um, but again, the 76ers, we'll see how Joel B. Health is, you know, come playoff time. It'll be interesting to see if he can really shape into form and stay on the on the court. Um, but yeah, I like those three teams. I think it's going to be fun. You know, after this buyout market, maybe we can revisit this and yeah. see, you know, how we really feel um, about these same three teams for each conference um, going forward. Yeah, no, no, I agree. It's definitely going to be interesting. It was Definitely an interesting trade deadline gave us a lot of good content to talk about. And um, the outlook of the league has certainly shifted a little bit. Uh, the scope of the league has shifted. And so, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out going into playoff time. Absolutely, man. Well, we did it, bro. We did yep. it. It's uh, a trade trade deadline special. You know, we wanted to get on and just talk basketball and talk this trade deadline. I think it's so important at this time of year, we just kind of keep up with it all because so much can go on. These players move around. Um, but yeah, another episode, episode 89, I would just tell the followers, the listeners to really follow us on all platforms. O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram, Opinionated Benchwarmers on Facebook, O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter. Um, we interact with you guys. We have giveaways. We have it all, the whole nine yards. Um, you know, just to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend um, to download the podcast, to listen to us, um, to just hit us up, hit us up on our personal accounts. You know, Ramon, if you want to give out your personal account before we get out of here. Yeah. Underscore Ramon, that's R-A-M-O-N underscore H. Yep, absolutely. And mine's just at CB underscore Los, L-O-S, at CB underscore L-O-S. And that's on Twitter, you guys. I'm always talking sports. You can ask you know, Ramon and Rob, that's my Twitter is used was probably sports yeah. only. <laughs> but yeah. again, thank you guys for doing it, rocking with us. We got through another episode. Um, can't wait to get back with you guys. Take care. All right, later.